Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times weekly uh, podcast and Facebook live show covering all things Cape Cod sports, especially high school sports. I'm Matt Goisman, alongside Steve Derdarian, Steve excuse me. <laughs> and for the first time in a while, this is going to be a kind of light episode for football because all of the football teams got eliminated last week. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it, coming up on elections, everyone's talking about a wave. This is a wave against uh, Cape football this weekend, bit, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of teams got wiped out. Some not so surprising, others, uh, yeah, Very they were shocking. surprising. Yeah. So, <laughs> and just how it went down in some of these games was just uh, a little disheartening. And there's probably a lot of tears in some of the locker rooms over the weekend. Which, tears, shock, yeah. Sense, sense. And, and it's different from what it used to be when I played because, you know, when you lose a game like that, well, that's the end of your season. Right. Well, it, the season's not over for any of these teams because of Thanksgiving, obviously. So. Thanksgiving, and all of them are going to be playing this week, too, in these sort of non-playoff games that are nice ways to pad your stats and nice ways to kind of go out with some confidence kind of and feeling yep. like you got some wins. Certainly, I think Sandwich has been happy for the non-playoffs because they've been able to, to come out on top of those and, and build some right. positive memories. But yeah, I mean, I covered Mashpee. You covered Upper Cape. Our editor, Paul Boker, covered Falmouth. One of the things I think a lot of these games showed is how much football is based on health and depth, especially at like the lower divisions, like five, which is Falmouth or seven, which is Mashpee or eight, which is upper Cape. You know, you have these teams with smaller roster sizes. They tend not to have as many veteran players. So if one or two key players gets hurt, that can really, really, really screw up uh, your offensive plan, your defense, just your whole construction of your team. Well, I mean, it's the nature of the sport, too. And then sure. a sport that's actually losing total numbers from what it used oh, yeah. to be. I mean, this is an issue really across the board. And, and obviously, certain players make more of an impact than others. But even at a Division two level like Barnstable, mm -hmm. if they had lost their quarterback, Matt Peter Cuskey, for any reason, oh, yeah. they were going to be in they some trouble. Been they wouldn't have, <laughs> so, they wouldn't have been able to At least on offense. Points. So, um, yeah, no, this is an issue we've seen all across the board. And, and it's tough, especially in the case of Mashby and Falmouth with SUP potential perfect seasons go up in smoke mm -hmm. when really I think sitting here last week both of us thought that they would not cruise but you know win their games and get into the finals absolutely and with Mashby especially and so they lost to Cohasset they basically because Devon Ford who is their all-time leading scorer probably going to be playing college football somewhere in next year or maybe two years if he wants to do like a post-grad school year to get his, I don't know, to get his academics up a little bit or something like that. So he gets hurt on a touchdown run at the end of the first quarter. And they had given the ball to him on every play of that drive and Kohasa couldn't stop him. And he just, I think he, he took the ball basically 10 yards on a pass and then the next 65 yards on runs. And Treviri said after the game, after that drive, I thought we were just going to run it down their throats. Ford gets hurt. It's some kind of knee injury. He doesn't return. So now they've lost their best running back and general offensive threat, and they've lost one of their starting safeties. And the way Coasset won is they kept going over the top, which is on passing plays, you know, to deep balls to Clifford Ward, 
which is exactly what the safety is supposed to stop, is to play deep enough to not get beat deep and, and make those overthrows possible. Mm. Without their starting safety or their starting and their starting running back, they really couldn't do anything on either end. Yeah, and, and one of the things about Mashby, hey, the, the Falcons had a shot to, to win this game. Oh, yeah. They, had a, they got stalled on the goal line. Mm-hmm. and then Miller, They had a couple of drives in the red zone and couldn't catch it. Miller missed a wide open Xavier Gonzalez on, mm-hmm. on, on, on one yeah. play. So, I mean, tough way for that 28 game, the state best win streak to go down. But certainly with Mashby, you still have to feel pretty good about that kind of run because oh, yeah. you don't see that. That comes around once every few decades with an pretty opportunity much, to yeah. win that many straight games in a row. and. Yeah, they're not going to be four P champs, but they're still champions. When you look at this this senior class mm-hmm. and what they've been able to accomplish over the four years, something that I don't think we're going to see around here in a long time. Sure, it also it does speak to the strength of that South Shore League Tobin division because totally. Cohasset finished third in that, and that's how good they were as a th- uh, you know the number three team in that league behind right. Abington and Mashby. And Abington obviously is going to face Cohasset for the the South title. This right. week should be a good game. Uh, so Mashby will go to non-playoff, something they're not really familiar with ever in the in this not system. Not in a while. Um, they're going to be at Dover Sherburn at six o'clock Friday, mm-hmm. uh, hitting the road there. Uh, Falmouth. Maybe we should have seen this one coming a little bit more. I mean, there were signs, especially with Falmouth just holding off Foxborough, the number eight seed last weekend. That hey, maybe this isn't as strong of a number one seed mm-hmm. as you think. Falmouth had been battle tested in a couple games this year, so maybe we thought that was an advantage, but. When you really look at the full season, the Clippers really have been banged up all year oh, long. Yeah. I mean, you had Kyle Connolly in the post or in the preseason, rather, you know, banged up. He didn't mm-hmm. really didn't play much in the first game, if at all. And who knows if he was feeling a hundred percent the whole year? Right. Had a great season, no doubt about that. Oh, for sure. And and still has a good chance to lead them against uh, Barnstable in the rivalry. Uh, Jake Murphy was also down at different times. Carl Cardoza missed some time this past Friday, so mm-hmm. it was kind of that perfect storm for yeah. final season to go up in smoke because Kent was disciplined was able to shut down that triple option offense Pretty and then much. offensively was just bigger and stronger against that line of Falmouth, which he gave a lot of credit for throughout the year. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, Canton was able to score, I think, on every drive but one in the first half, and some of that was definitely because Cardoza was not able to be that really big explosive defensive force that he often is. You know, you had Barnstable losing to Mansfield. I think Mansfield was just kind of the better team there. Uh Great season for Barnstable, their best season since 2013. A very good job by Ross Chicola in his first year, kind of taking over the team, bringing them all together, getting them to sort of form one identity. Uh, and this is definitely a season that the senior class, I think, will be proud of. Uh, you had Nantucket losing to Abington. Nantucket was a very good team this year. Abington might be one of the best teams in the state in Division Seven. although, I mean, after seeing what Cohasset did, I think they're up there as well. You know, and then you covered Upper Cape losing to Coyle Cassidy. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one Saturday. Upper Cape, I thought for a while was able to was going to be able to pull off that upset, even after giving up a touchdown on their first drive. That defense really bowed up and was really impressive. And really, the difference was is that Coyle's well, there's a couple of things. One was that Coyle's quarterback mm-hmm. was just able to take over. He just ran the ball until I think he had seven seven of nine plays or something like that, where it was just his run to him. Mm-hmm. That was a tying drive, and then he ran in the two-point conversion. And then on the next drive, after a fumble, he runs 40 yards for the, right. for the winning touchdown. So um, Upper Cape caught a tough break. You know, in the third quarter, their, their star back, Jazari Salim, got tackled late, out of bounds, and then into the bench, actually, which mm-hmm. was just kind of shocking. I don't know if I've ever seen something like that. Right. And that took out their best player. He didn't return to that game. 
Um, credit to Cameron Glover, you know, short little running back was able to rip off a 55-yard run on a toss. But again, without your star back, it was very hard for Upper Cape to move the football after that, and that defense just couldn't hold on. Exactly. So the other down playoffs, Falmouth is at Holliston. Um, that's can call that the D5 South Constellation Final if you want. Surprised it doesn't happen more often in some of the divisions. Well, a lot of times it does is that the guys who make the playoffs and lose wind up just playing each other. Right. Uh, so then Brockton is at Barnstable on Friday. Upper Cape is at St. John Paul on Friday at Mass Maritime. Nosset is at Nantucket on Friday. Uh, and then the other playoffs, you got Monomoy at Sandwich. Non-playoffs, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, all non-playoffs, excuse me. Cape Tech is at Bourne. Dedham is at Dennis Yarmouth. And Bristol Plymouth is at Martha's Vineyard. I think every game is going to be Friday this this week. Yeah, uh, unless otherwise listed. All yeah. these teams have lights, so I wouldn't see why why not. Exactly. <laughs> and it, for a lot of them, it's going to be their last game before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or the Island Cup, which is a week from Saturday. So. Right. And it was good, if I want to mention the Vineyard real quickly, getting a win over a talented Seacog team that beat Bourne. Yeah. Nice little momentum there. They ripped off a couple win, or excuse me, they rip off a win now and a seven-game losing skid. It's going to be tough going against Nantucket, but overall, it's cl- I'm glad to see that the Island Cup rivalry will be renewed this year after sure. it was canceled last year. Definitely. That game, I believe, is 1 p.m. November 17th. That's that a Saturday. Sounds right. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Um, they want to make sure they can you know, get the ferries back and things like that. Absolutely. So, so you want to switch over to uh, the non-football? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, boys soccer, we saw last night the, uh, the number one Nosset boys soccer team, a convincing 3-0 win over Milton. Uh, actually, our uh, old sports editor, Bill Higgins, was at that game Indeed last night. Was. Gave us some good coverage. Appreciate that, Bill. Um, Nosset, I mean, they, they just care of business in this first one. I mean, they've shut out 14 teams now this year. That's five in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the number four ranked team in the nation, not just New England. They're number one in New England. Yep. But of all these teams ranked number four in the nation, they just they just took care of business in this first round game. Avery Santoro, Benny LeBranch, Spencer Rushneck all had goals. Again, the Warriors spreading around their offense. Everybody kind of getting involved. Mm-hmm. I've dealt a lot of leading that defense. The perfect start, I guess, to what the Warriors are hoping is a second state title in as many years. Or in, in three, in three years. years, rather. Yeah, I, um, they're going to play Hopkinton at 4.30 p.m. Tuesday. That's a change. It was initially scheduled for five. Um, Hopkinton has a good goal scorer, Peyton Burns, but mm-hmm. I don't think they have the players... Uh, the shutdown or otherwise keep up with the Warriors' uh, scoring abilities. Yeah, Nosset, the, the variety of their offense is very, very hard to defend. Um, and Nosset itself has a very good defense. Abdel Talabi is having an excellent year. You know, Jack Avalar doesn't give up too much himself. Uh, you want to turn over to D3. We got number seven, Martha's Vineyard, at number two, Seekonk. Yeah, this is going to be a really uh, tough battle for Martha's Vineyard. I mean, they looked good yesterday in a 4 nothing win over Archbishop Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manuel Silva and Luigi de Oliveira each scored twice. Uh, only problem in that game, it sounds like there was a little bit of, uh, according to Vineyard Gazette, there were some angry players on both sides in the first half, a couple of yellow cards shown. Interesting. And apparently a near fight almost broke out on the field. So wow. once order was restored, you know, the Vineyard finished things off in the second half. But mm-hmm. against a team like number 2 Seekonk, which only has one loss this year, that was in the... Um, SEC crossover with Greater New Bedford. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't lose your cool in a game like that. You got to keep your head. And the Vineyard's got talent, you know, individually. And and I think they can they can compete in this game. So they just need to again keep playing, being aggressive with their strikers. And if they can put a couple in the net, I think they could be moving on to the semifinals. Okay. What else you got in uh, the boys' side? Um, then we got Nantucket at Bourne. Um, Nantucket. 3-0 win over Millis yesterday. Pretty pretty much like Nosset, just taking care of business in the first round. Uh, Mario Reyes had two of those goals. 
Um, interesting that Nantucket's sticking with two goals, uh, two goalies in the postseason, kind of doing that split mm-hmm. duty again. I'm curious if that's going to change if they keep advancing in some of the rounds. You kind of stick with who you have. But, you know, it's worked so far, so I guess why change it, right? Um, if Nantucket can get past Bourne, um, there's a good chance they play Cohasset again, and mm-hmm. that's a team that's given Nantucket some struggles oh, in yeah. the past. So, um, I think they faced off in the South Finals a couple of years ago. Maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that'll be interesting. But again, you got to beat Bourne, which is coming off a very thrilling one nothing win this past Saturday. Alderana um, mm-hmm. uh, uh got the winner, set up by a set piece, something we're seeing a lot from in Boys of Boys and Girls Soccer side. A lot of goals coming from set pieces this weekend. Mm-hmm. Maybe not directly, but you know, set up by um, Armin Eldridge, especially you know, for Bourne. Yep. Had some really good throw-ins, long throw-ins that almost act like free kicks in a sense. They're hard to judge sometimes yep. depending on the wind and whatnot because it was very windy on Saturday. Yeah. So that can kind of throw the defense off a little bit. But Bourne's a team that tied Seacock. So, I mean, they, if they can stick with some of the best in Division Three, don't count out the Canalman just yet because... I think they can make things interesting. Sure. You want to turn it over to field hockey and just switch it up a little? Sure thing. All right. So in uh, we got two field hockey matches left, basically. Uh, we've got today, I think. It's uh, number 11, Barnstable, is at number 3, King Phillip. That's a 3.45 p.m. game in Rentham. That's in Division 1. Really nice job for the Red Raiders in knocking off Dartmouth uh, in the previous round. That was a team that they could not beat during Old Colony League action during the regular season, and this time – they were able to really kind of take control and win this one. Their reward is a quarterfinal against the re- the reigning D1 South champions. So right. it doesn't the road doesn't get any easier. You know, uh, Allie Carpenter has been a dynamic score for them for Barnstable all season. She had both goals against Dartmouth. Really good chemistry uh, with between her and players like Eve Bancroft, Katie McNulty, Bridget Everett, who you covered. Uh, their first round game where where the two of them kind of teamed up for some key scoring. Uh, and then it helps that you really have Abby Alasusi in that. She, you could make a case she's maybe the best goalie on the Cape this year. I'm sure Sandwich and Sarah Curry would debate that, and probably Hannah Toby over at Falmouth also would want right. to be in that conversation. But Alasusi has been rock solid in net. She had seven saves against Dartmouth. That gives her 11 in the playoffs. Uh, really, really playing well. Um, King Phillip there in the quarters off a 3-1 victory over Norwood. Uh, Claire Lawler is really a player to watch. She scored twice in that game. You had Nicole Torini score, um, and then Grace May made t- 10 saves in net. 10 saves means they give up some shots. They they maybe give up some corners. So Barnstable might have opportunities, but they got to put them away because King Phillip also is going to probably have some offensive opportunities. Yeah, that's what I like about Barnstable. You know, they've they've been very efficient with, one, their passing, which mm-hmm. Ashley Bishop says is their big strength. But, two, when they get those corners, they've done a good job of really taking advantage of those. And even if they don't come away with goals, they come away with shots. They put the pressure on. Absolutely. They make that defense either have to adjust or otherwise just start, you know, crashing the, um, you know, packing in the box and if that happens you know you you prevent the offense on the other side from really breaking out the other end so um if barnesville can get an early goal on this one i wouldn't be surprised if the red raiders pull off another upset and take another step because you know last year they were in the same spot right Mm -hmm. you know they they went on the road in a uh, quarterfinal matchup or excuse me first round matchup this is a quarterfinal right um and and they have the hashtag this year, why not us? And and I kind of have to agree with that. It sure. just seems like a team that they enjoy playing with one another and 
almost like Sturgis West Girls Soccer we've talked about, very wide levels of experience mm-hmm. with seniors chipping in, but you also have you know freshmen and sophomores on that squad as well. Absolutely. It's a very good team, cohesive effort, and they just seem to enjoy their, uh, their time around one another. Definitely. And then the other field hockey match we've got coming up uh, is in Division Two. We have an all- Atlantic Coast League semifinal that is between number two Dennis Yarmouth and number six Sandwich. That game has been moved to Wednesday at Taunton High School uh, at 7 p.m. It was originally scheduled for Tuesday, uh, but I think weather forecast for tomorrow is not looking great, so that might be why they're moving it. It's terrific. They'd probably be fine either way. <laughs> Unless there's threat of lightning. I mean, <laughs> that's that, that's the thing yeah, that'll yeah. cause a delay no matter what the field is made of. Right. So, I mean, that game is cool because it means we're definitely going to have at least one team in a sectional championship this year. Mm-hmm. This is the third time D.Y. and Sandwich have played each other this year. D.Y. won the first game 3-0 at home. Then they uh, had a 0-0 draw at Sandwich towards the end of the season. So Sandwich has yet to score on D.Y., and that's kind of a problem because D.Y.'s offense really can go to a ton of different players to get it scoring. You had Lily Holmes with two goals Sunday against Dedham. Kayla McGaffigan had a goal. She also had a goal against Dover Sherburn in the first round. Abby Hicks has scored in the postseason. I also have really liked what I've seen out of the D.Y. defense in midfield, um, especially uh, some of the seniors, Shelby Dunn, Lucia Gurkis, and Renee Levesque, have all been really, really strong at controlling the middle of the field. That makes it easy on the defensive line. It makes for quiet days for Delana Gallagher. She only had to make two saves against Dedham. I think they only gave up. They gave up two corners then. They gave up one corner in the first round. So it's really just the offense is just relentless. It just keeps the ball on their their side of the field. Uh, for Sandwich, the nice thing for them is that they are starting to see some variety. We talked about you know needing to see a lot out of Macy White, and she did score uh, in the first round and against Medway on Sunday. But Lily Tobin and Haley McLaughlin both scored in the quarterfinals, and they're freshmen, and it's nice to see the freshmen – handling the pressure of the postseason, which is the biggest question mark about, I think, this sandwich game. Yeah, no, definitely beating Medway caught my attention for sandwich. You know, that's not a number three seed, I believe. Uh, that's a big upset. And, um, yeah, no, I, I think D.Y. still has the advantage. They've seen this team twice. They've owned them in the past. And, again, the experience playing in this game the year before, I think is going to carry them through. But a great run by sandwich anyway. You know, we said at the beginning when the brackets came out that this could be a potential matchup. Well, mm-hmm. now it's here. Now yep. we get to see, uh, I guess, who can fully lay claim to the to the top team on the Cape because I know a lot of teams are quick to call DY, but sometimes Barnesville and Sandwich get left out of that conversation as well. So It's definitely happened. If you're Sandwich, you really got nothing to lose but everything to gain in this one, I think. Absolutely. And there have been postseasons where these two teams have met up and D.Y. had the better regular season and then Sandwich beat him yep. you know, in by a goal or something and was able to get to the South Finals and kind of upset the Dolphins. Right. So, uh, head over to girls soccer. How about sure, yeah. Let's do it. Um, we got to find my page here. A little out of order. <laughs> Figured we'd alternate, so no, neither I mean, one's we'll voice off. gets too well, tired. I, at least I know what I'm kicking off with, right. um, pun intended, I guess. Um, sure. Number one, Sturgis West Girls Soccer. They'll open at 2 p.m. Tuesday at Cape Cod Academy. Um, this is the best run in, in school history, clearly, earning a mm-hmm. number one seed. Coach Mike Ball has done a really great job with this team. We seem to say that every week. Yep. I am really anxious to see Weston playoff action, though, because this does remind me a bit of Monomoy's Girls Soccer team last mm-hmm. year. Really dominant in the regular season. Beat just about everyone they had to. 
But then when it got to playoff time, an off-keep school came down and just completely dominated sure. and ran away with it. And that was last year with Monomoy, the number one seed, losing the whole last year 5 nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of varying experience, and this team's really kept its head down all year and just, just grinded out wins. And I don't think they're going to approach that any differently. They know it's not going to be easy, that the number one is just that. It's just a number. Mm-hmm. they got to go out and win this game. And... Um, I think they just really need to go out and attack because if they can put one on the board in the first 10 minutes, I think that'll be do a lot for the confidence, especially of the younger players who haven't really been in the situation Absolutely. before and just get them playing, hey, you know, we're the better team here. We got this. We're going to be just fine. You saw that a little bit when they played uh, Monomoy towards the end of the season when they really kind of seized control of the, the race for the Cape and Islands League crown. You know, they scored early in the first half, as I recall, and that really did set the, the pace for the rest of the game. They were confident, aggressive. They played like they had the lead and they played well with it. So yeah, if they can get, I mean, if Kate Donahue can score early, that could open her up for a big game. Right. And speaking of Monomoy Hull, that's our other matchup <laughs> on Tuesday. Uh, Monomoy again will host number five Hull. That's a 5 p.m. Tuesday game. Obviously a rematch of last year's first round matchup, won by Hull 5-0. Uh, Kelsey Holson had, had a nice um, header from an Abby Higgins free kick. Again, talking about those set pieces. That was the difference as a shark beat rising tide mm-hmm. on Sunday. But they're going to need more than that against Hull. A, a, a very good off-cape program plays in the um, South Shore League, which got some, it's got some pretty good talent in it. Oh, so yeah. it's going to be another tough one for Monomoy. But I, I guess you have the momentum on your side is that, hey, we're not going to let what happened last year happen again. Definitely. So that's, I think, the best thing they got going for them is just – don't let the same thing happen twice. Don't let history repeat itself. We saw it with Nasset where they you know, got beaten the first round in 2015. Then in 2016, they used that as motivation to win a state championship. They got beaten the semifinals last year, and it seems like they're using that as motivation this year. Uh, you mentioned the South Shore League being a strong girl soccer division this uh, conference this year. Well, number 14, Mashby, is at Millis uh, on Tuesday at Medfield High School, and they shocked everybody with that win over Nantucket. Yeah, that might have been the game of the week, or at least a game of yesterday. <laughs> it was probably the best game from yesterday, just on how it was played, totally back and forth. But mm-hmm. Mashby took it from the beginning, and Nantucket kept answering. I think Ruby Dupont had a couple of penalty kick goals. Yep. And then it came down to a PK in extra time, and credit to the freshman, Sam Kersey, for, for finishing that off and, and getting the winner in uh, sudden death overtime. Tough, tough way for a season to end sudden death, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. But... What I really like is, you know, their coach, you know, Julia McCush, she played for the Falcons back in, I think she graduated in 2008 or mm-hmm. 2007, played for the Falcons the last time they won a playoff game and kind of has come full circle now cool. and leading, leading the Falcons to a playoff win in their first year. I'm sure she's got to be feeling pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. And then they're almost on the same train as Marshville Field Hockey. Why not them at this point? Sure. Millis is a very historically a good soccer program. I mean, mm-hmm. they play... So those Tri-Valley schools, I, I believe it was the last year, the year before, I actually got to play a game at Gillette Stadium. Very good reputation for a soccer school, and, and this is going to be a tough one. But still, I mean, it, no matter what happens from this point, just mm-hmm. great for Mashpee, which barely got into the postseason to start with. Right. And then knocking off a Nantucket team, which has the only win against Sturgis West this year. Certainly an impressive uh, uh, program win, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of impressive programs, uh, we'll swing over to volleyball, uh, where we have four uh, big matches coming up. Starting today, uh, Barnstable, number one Barnstable, undefeated, still haven't given up a set in a, in a regular season match. 
They are hosting number eight, Oliver Ames. That's 6 p.m. tonight in Hyannis. Uh, first of all, big congratulations to uh, Barnstable senior Riley James. She was uh, last week named, she was the only player from Massachusetts to be named an All-American by the American Volleyball Coaches Association. That's only happened one other time in Barnstable's history. And when you consider how many great players have come through that program, that's really impressive. She was a preseason All-American, so maybe we should have seen this coming. She was Max Preps Player of the Week for Massachusetts at least once this season. So now they face Oliver Ames. You know, the Tigers are coming off a uh, 25-18, 25-16, 25-6 win over Durfee. Got to watch out for Jordan Bossy. She leads OA with 257 kills. Caitlin Cavanaugh and Jordan Vela are also very strong hitters. Um, uh, Their big servers are Grace McCallum, Jackie Raymond, and Bossy again. So she's really a player to watch. Raymond also has 46 blocks. Um, Their big setter is Allison Kemp. And their libero Sadie Homer has 607 digs, which ranks third in the state. With Barnstable, we've seen it all season. We know what the strategy is. The offense runs through Riley James, who is a top five hitter with 319 kills and a 481 hitting percentage. Ingrid Murphy is another really good offensive option, not in any way suggesting she's behind Riley or that they take a step back when Ingrid is up front because Ingrid can hit with just as much power um, and has 225 kills. They're both also really good defensive players behind Josie DeLuga, who is the team leader with uh, in digs. And then Tegan James, she's really got a chance to graduate with over 2,000 assists. I mean, she has 608, which is fourth in the state, and she's a freshman. Right. Doesn't mean she can't grow a low into an outside hitter, which just like her sister, you never know. Which I'm could sure she still could sprout up like her sister and, and be just as good of a player. We'll see what happens with that. You and seem to see that with younger players is that they start as setters and they kind of work their way up depending on if they grow and get more talented over the offseason. Could definitely happen. I mean, it's also going to depend on after James and Ingrid, who are both seniors, graduate, who are the new hitters that step up? You know, who is going to be the offensive leaders next year? And if they take a step back, then obviously the, the assist count is going to go down because the kill count is going to go down. Um, <laughs> it's funny how you say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can only use the language that the sport creates. <laughs> what, what, what do you want? Um, anyway, so moving over to Division Two, we've got number eight, Duxbury is at number one, uh, Falmouth. That's a 6 p.m. game. Uh, the Dragons are coming off a 3-0 sweep against Sandwich. Caroline Curley had 11 kills in that game. Um, Olivia and Taya had six aces. Hannah George is a really interesting player to watch for the Dragons. She's second on the team with 143 kills. Uh, Curley is the leader and then also a decent setter. Katie Manning is a really good set is their lead setter. You also have Emma Rule, who has the most digs, um, and Emma Sheehan and Manning both have 40 plus saves. And Curly is also third in the state with 86 blocks. Uh, Falmouth, you know, they've had a few days off. I think they scrimmaged Barnstable end of last week, so they should be good and rested. Caroline DeLinks, Shay McLeod, and Katie Pope. That's really been the offense this year. The three of them combined are like three quarters of the Clippers' total number of kills, um, including 239 by DeLinks. Uh, and then McLeod is the second-best blocker in the state with 108. Uh, and Gregory actually leads the state with 632 assists. So a lot of talent for Falmouth. Probably the best team Falmouth has had maybe ever in that program's history. And I think they should be able to handle Duxbury. Yeah, but they got to come out swinging in this one because we've seen Falmouth teams in year pa- years past that fall behind early and then just have a hard time playing from behind. I think if they can play from beh- uh, play ahead and, again, get those key points, just get mm-hmm. the offense moving in the right direction put Duxbury back on their heels. That's going to be their best recipe. 
But again, with the amount of talent, even if they do fall behind, if they do lose the first set, I still think there's enough talent for Falmouth to overcome that. But again, Duxbury's coming off a tournament game. Falmouth is a little, I, I, I don't almost want to say rusty, but definitely maybe not as weathered at this point. Sure. So I think they need to set the tone right away and just, again, get things moving. I agree. So then over in Division Three, uh, we've got number five, Rockland, uh, at number four, Sturgis East. That's a 5 p.m. game. That's at Cape Tech and Harwich. Sturwich. I'm Sturwich. Interesting. <laughs> Just invented a new town on Cape Cod. Sturgis East beat Randolph to advance. Uh, the big players for uh, the Storm this year, Carly Burns uh, and Maya O'Hara, they combined for 14 kills and seven blocks uh, in that uh, first-round playoff game. And then Maddie Schackenberg also had three kills and two aces. Uh, you also had good games from like Allie Rogers and Callie Sullivan, Kenneth Jarvis. Uh, so they've definitely got a lot of players they can go to. Rockland is coming off a sweep for Ursuline Academy. Uh, middle hitter Hannah Willie is definitely a player to watch out for from the Bulldogs. Uh, so a good test for Sturgis East. They are the higher seed. Uh, Sturgis East is another one of these teams that, you know, they play an all Cape and Islands League schedule. So again, it's how are they going to handle off Cape uh, talent? Yeah, I mean, look, Sturgis East does play a lot of off-cape to their credit. Actually, yeah. they do play a couple of um, different schools throughout the year. Mm-hmm. They do play in the Cape and Islands League, though. But again, this is a great program, and senior Carly Burns and Allie Rogers have both had outstanding careers at Sturgis East. Definitely. But I don't think they're ready to be done yet. I think this team has a lot of potential, and um, there's really good athletes across the board. Sure. And then the last... Uh... <laughs> oh, <excuse> me, guys. <laughs> you, bless you. you can tell I've had a bit of an issue on this show so far. I apologize. Yeah, the weather's <laughs> changing. We're all getting sick. Uh, <laughs> the last game for volleyball is Tuesday night. That is number seven at number two, Bourne. Uh, <laughs> Steve, you covered uh, Bourne's game against Nantucket. We had a bet on how long we thought that game would take. I thought it would take an hour. Steve thought less, and he was right. Hats off to Nantucket. That's a really young program, and to make the playoffs, I think two years in a row now, very impressive. I think that program is going to keep growing and improving in the coming years. But Bourne, it just if you look at the top five in multiple categories in the state, Bourne is all over this. I, I mean, Cammie Mackinac is second with 126 aces. Madison Stuck is second with 637 digs and fifth with 111 aces. Emma Fenton is fifth in hitting percentage at uh, at 420. Just there's, you know, they Sarah Sullivan is second in the state with 630 assists. There's just too much talent at too many positions for the Whalers to really have a chance. I think Holbrook will be a better challenge for sure. They swept Bristol Plymouth in the first round. Uh, Caitlin Andrews is a really good hitter with 250 kills. Monica Polycarpe and Bri- Brianna Sullivan are also really good hitters. Um, and then Caroline Curtis ranks fourth in the state with 122 aces. Uh, so that, those are kind of the guys you got to watch out for. Carrie Walker is a good setter. She's in the top 20 statewide. So much more talent than I think uh, Bourne faced in the first round. So we'll see how they handle it. Yeah, I was really impressed with, you know, just Emma Fenton, her ability to play and use her height to her advantage. Mm-hmm. She's a really good athlete all around. And honestly, she's almost a D1 player out there on a, on a D3 team. But I'm just really impressed with her leadership. You know, I talked to her after Friday's match, and she's like, you know, look, this team's all in or nothing. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. They're not satisfied with just winning a sectional title or just getting back to the state title. No, they want to win the state title yeah. game this year. And I think the right coach, Andy Mather, has got that team where, hey, look, 
I'm not going to. I might not be real friendly right now, but I just want to get the best out of this team because we don't want to suffer heartbreak two years in a row. Sure. So I think the mindset is good. I think you know they tried a couple different things against Nantucket. They, they were kind of able to get away with that. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see in this next match them just go you know full, full tilt and just let's get this match over with. Let's just dominate and let's you know crank it up to 110, whatever you want to call it. So um, you know this team has a lot of potential again. Just with its senior leadership, all of them are good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, these ones you just listed. Um, there's not a lot of, I guess, what you call weak spots on this team. No, I don't think so. I, I, they're really strong, and they're really strong at basically every rotation. There's, right. there's no set of six where it's hard for them to find kills or aces or defense. So, you know, I, I expect them to play very, very well against Holbrook. Good, and that'll just about wrap it up um, for everything. So, yeah, uh, yeah uh, appreciate you watching the show. Uh, if you didn't catch this live, you can uh, check it out on capecuttimes.com slash capesportsnow. You can also go to the Cape Cut Times Facebook page um, and search Cape Sports Now. On one of those two, you'll find it eventually. <laughs> um, for for any updates, you know, there's going to be games constantly changing throughout the week. Um, stay tuned to Twitter. You can check out our account at, at SportsCCT, and you can also follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm on at, at Steve underscore Derdarian. That's D-E-R-D-E-R-I-A-N. I'm at, uh, at Matt Goisman, CCT, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. You can also get download uh, the show for podcast apps through Apple or Google. Um, and I think that'll do it, and we'll cool. s- see you next week. Try to come back healthier next week. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.